0: This teaching comes to you from the team at St. Mark's Darling Point, Sydney. We hope that it blesses you. The first reading is Psalm 111. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart in the company of the upright in the congregation. Greater the works of the Lord studied by all who delight in them. Full of honor and majesty is his work, and his righteousness endures forever. He has gained renown by his wonderful deeds. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear him. He is ever mindful of his covenant. He has shown his people the power of his works in giving them the heritage of the nations. The works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to his people. He has commanded his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The second Bible reading is from Luke, chapter 1, verses 68 to 79. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favourably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Saviour for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham, to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go, the Lord, go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of their sins. By the tender mercy of God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Almighty God, we thank you for your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light to our paths and strength to our lives. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Well, how do you feel about 2022? What will this year be like? Better than last year? Will this be the year that God turns things around? Remember 2020? Bushfires, the pandemic began, the killing of George Floyd and the Beirut explosion. The end of 2020, we were saying, great, let's bring on 2021. You know, how how bad could it be? But then 2021 things just seemed to get worse. The pandemic had another go with Delta, the rise of the Taliban, and now Omicron is having its turn. And so we sit here at the beginning of 2022 asking this question, what will it hold? Will this be the year that finally God does something to turn things around? Now, whatever happens in the coming months, really, this question, we we could ask it any year. Will this year be different? Will the bad news continue unabated? Or will God step in and do something? God's people have been asking this question for centuries. Zechariah was a Jewish priest living in Jerusalem around 2025 years ago. He served faithfully in the temple. He and his wife, Elizabeth, they were faithful and righteous to the Lord. And so with many of the Jewish community, they were waiting on the Lord. They were asking this same question. When's the Lord going to do something and redeem our nation? Turn things around. God had promised great things for the nation of Israel, for them and through them. Remember way back at the beginning of the Bible, Beginning in Genesis chapter twelve, God chose and spoke to Abraham, made him deep promises that he would be that God would be his God, for him and his descendants. They would give them peace and prosperity, give them a place to be, and that through them, peace and prosperity would come to the rest of the world. And now, fast forward to Zechariah and Elizabeth's time, and things aren't quite what they quite what they expected it to be. Israel is ruled by the Romans. They're internally divided. Many are poor and many are discouraged. And so each year they ask this same question. Will this year be different? Will God really do something to make a difference? Well, in this first chapter of Luke so far, if you've paid attention at uh, any Christmas, you'd know that up until now, that plenty of exciting things have happened That that an angel has come to Zechariah and said that they would give birth to a son and he would be a prophet. And then the angel appeared to Mary and said that she would give birth to the Saviour of the world. And so Mary sung this song of praise to God that we heard from last week. And now Zechariah hears that his son, this promised prophet John the Baptist, had been born. And so things are kind of tingling. You know, it's all about to happen. What's going to happen? And then Zechariah is filled with the Spirit and he prophesies. And he's able to see what's going on, able to see clearly what it is that God is now doing. He reveals that God has done something. In the birth of John and the coming of Jesus, he is bringing salvation. Look at how it starts in verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favourably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty saviour for us in the house of his servant David. This isn't just a vague hope that maybe things will be different. Who knows? God has done something. He has visited his people. He has redeemed them. He has raised up a saviour. God has done this and he has not just done it for Zechariah and Elizabeth or even just for the nation of Israel. He has done it for you and me today, this year. But what does that even mean? That God has brought this redemption, made this big difference? Because it sure doesn't seem like it when we look around, does it? Things still weren't right for Zechariah. And things still aren't right for us. So what is this redemption that God has already achieved? And how does it make any difference? Well, first of all, Zechariah says that God has defeated our enemies. God has brought redemption by defeating our enemies. Look from verse 70. As he he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old... That we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant. The oath that he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him with fear. God redeems by delivering his people from their enemies. Remember back in the book of Exodus, when God saved his people from slavery out of Egypt, he did it by defeating the Pharaoh and the Egyptians who were oppressing them. And now he has done it again. Now at one level, who who were these enemies? At one level, it's uh, that Israel were being occupied by the Romans. So their enemies were the the occupying forces of the Romans. But as we see Jesus born and then his life and ministry unfold, we see that there's something deeper and much more serious going on. For those first century Jews and for us, the most serious enemy was Satan and the evil forces of sin and death. There is real evil spiritual power in the world. Satan is real. He deceives and draws people away from God. So sin and evil isn't just something abstract, just an idea, or nor is it just some just kind of good or bad things that we do. There is a power over us that holds us captive. There are some things that can be only described as evil, where, you know, the word wrong just doesn't cut it. Right and wrong just doesn't seem to really make sense of it. Only evil will do to describe it. The final solution, or the murder of a child. Or look at the way that we, humanity, have just been destroying each other for millennia, and this we just continue in this pattern. We think we progress, but there's very little moral progression. And no matter how hard we try, we are held captive to forces outside our control. But when Jesus came, he faced evil and he saw people who were held captive by evil spirits and he delivered them from that captivity. He healed people in the grip of dark sickness. And when Jesus even faced death, he raised people from the dead. And when, we, when he himself died, he rose again, defeated the power of sin and death and Satan once and for all. And so if you follow Jesus, you have been redeemed from these most powerful enemies. It is finished. The battle is won. Now, we still do experience the death throes. Your evil still rears its head. But it won't win. The point is that it won't win. The game isn't over yet, but the scoreboard is fixed. The lead is too long. There's no comeback. The battle is won. And so that means that you don't have to be afraid. Whatever 2022 holds in store, don't be afraid. The evil that you see, it won't win. The patterns of darkness in your heart, God can overcome them. The sickness that we see, it won't last. And the death is finished. It will come to an end. God has defeated our enemies. But the point about God's redemption is that it's not just that he's redeemed us from our enemies. He's also redeemed us for a purpose. Did you catch what that purpose was? Look again at verse 74. We're rescued from our enemies so that we might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. The very reason that God has redeemed us from the powers of evil is so that we would serve him. We are redeemed to serve God. Now if you were to have a personal mission statement, what would it be? Some of you might already have one. What is it? What is it about you that defines the things that you do in life? What shapes the things that you decide to do, is it to inspire, is it to love, is it to travel the world, to experience things? Now, God calls us all to all sorts of different vocations and tasks in the world. But if you're a Christian, the most fundamental purpose for your life is here in verses 74 and 75. To serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all your days. Now that's a New Year's resolution. I'm not sure that any of us can successfully keep it every hour of every day. But as an aspiration, as the direction, the purpose of our life. To serve God without fear in holiness and righteousness all our days. This is a verse to copy out just stick it up on the fridge to put it as your desktop on your computer set a reminder on your phone every day to come up in the morning oh must remember to serve God without fear and holiness and righteousness before him all our days good I can tick that off at the end of the day and the thing about this purpose of serving God is that it really does make a difference we ask well what's God going to do in 2022 Well, here we can say, what's God going to do through me in 2022? Because when we serve God in holiness and righteousness, we bring God's transforming holiness and righteousness to the people and the world around us. In our families, our workplaces, our communities. We are redeemed to do these things in his name, to fearlessly bring his holiness to the world. But God doesn't just leave us to it. He transforms you for it. You Later in verse 79, he speaks about light and guidance that God brings. A light is a rich metaphor in the Bible, and it includes guidance that God gives us by his word. His word is a light. Notice that prayer that I prayed before I started. His word is a, light, a lantern to our feet and a light to our paths. It shows us the way of holiness and righteousness. They teach us to live well in a way that pleases God and brings that light to others. And His Spirit, as we engage with His Word, His Spirit transforms us for a life of peace with each other. And so this year, remember that you have been redeemed for this purpose. So won't you join with me in serving Him all your days, all 365 days? Minus 23. Well, finally... God's redemption means that we have forgiveness and peace with God. Forgiveness from sin and peace with God. From verse 76, Zechariah speaks about his son John. Now did you notice Zechariah, he prophesies this this poem, this song, after he hears that his son John has been born. But notice he hasn't mentioned anything about his son yet. He's talking about the Savior, Jesus Christ. But it's only here that he starts to talk about his son, John. And so he says, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the forgiveness of sins. John the Baptist is a bit of a radical figure. You remember him? He's clothed in, uh, in uh, camel's hair and, wears, and eats honey and wild locusts. And he's out there in the, in the desert and calling people to repent because the Lord is coming. And sometimes it takes a really radical figure to wake us up to see what is most crucial, what it is that is the most important thing that we need. The things that we must attend to before all else. And Zechariah says here that John's task was to bring this message of salvation by the forgiveness of sins. And see, our redemption isn't just from the powers outside of us, but also from what's inside our own hearts. Because... Those 1st century Jews, Zechariah and, and his brothers and sisters, and the rest of us, we're not only captive, we are also complicit. Their nation and the rest of humanity, we've turned away from God. They've worshipped other gods, forgotten to love and forgotten to show the mercy that we're supposed to show. Their nation was guilty. All of them were guilty. We before God. Are guilty because of our sin we do wrong we don't do what is right and we love it the deepest problems in the world aren't caused by a lack of money or a lack of education or deficient leadership these are real problems but they they are superficial and they are proximate causes but the deep cause The deep issue is the human heart, our self-interest, our lack of compassion, our pride, our greed, our harsh words, our living out our passions and pleasures. Like Israel, we're not only captive to our circumstances, we're complicit in the evil of the world. And that means that we face God's judgment. And so the solution... The deepest solutions aren't just better business or better government or better education. The real solution is dealing with our sin. And that's what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. He paid the death, paid the penalty, paid the price for our sin by dying on the cross. He has cleansed us of our wickedness. He turns away God's anger and he brings us forgiveness and peace with God now there are two directions that we can think about this and apply this and the first is you know perhaps you might listen to this and think oh gosh come on it's not it's not that serious is it um, you know I'm not really that bad of a person I try pretty hard I look around at the people around me we're all decent kinds of people and you know I guess that's probably true but the message here is that in all of us there is always that darkness that that deep problem that permeates us your heart my heart and all of our hearts these things we hurt each other we hurt ourselves and we bring the judgment of God and if that weren't true then Jesus died for nothing why else would god send his son to die on the cross but to deal with a problem that we all face that's so serious and so what you and i need isn't just some inspiration or some spirituality your greatest need and this is what radical john the baptist is telling us today your greatest need is to have your sin forgiven and that's exactly what jesus has done and you just need we just need to take hold of it the second thing about this to say about this forgiveness of sins is for you if perhaps you have a sensitive conscience and a strong awareness of your shortcomings you hear me say this and you go oh gosh yes just please stop i know you feel weighed down by your sin by your guilt and your shame perhaps your dark past or the things that continue to weigh you down well the message for you today is that god's mercy changes everything look at the image of brightness and hope and peace with god at the end of the song in verse 78 because of the tender mercy of our god by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet in the way of peace when you come to jesus he draws you out of darkness and despair he lifts you out of the shadow of death no matter what you've done no matter who you've become when you follow jesus you have peace with god welcomed by him as his beloved child, and free from darkness and despair. God has brought forgiveness of sins and peace with God. So what's God going to do in 2022? Well, I don't know. But I do know this, that God has brought redemption in our Lord Jesus Christ. That he has defeated our most serious enemies, our mortal enemies of Satan, sin and death. That he brings you and me forgiveness and peace, a deep peace. And that he has done these things to redeem us, to make us into new people who serve him and bring his holiness and righteousness into the world all our days. Let me pray and ask God for his help as we seek to do this. Our Father, we praise you for your goodness and for your grace, your compassionate mercy that you have lavished on us. Thank you for your forgiveness, for your redemption. Thank you that you have set us free to live these lives of humble service. And we pray for your empowering spirit that you would be with us today and tomorrow and the next day. And every day that we would serve you without fear and bring honour to your name. We pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening. Please visit our website at www.stmarksdp.org to subscribe to our new episodes, browse more resources and find more information about the community of St Mark's.